Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. Welcome back to the one and only Cavs the Podcast. Featuring commentary from all of your favorite Cavs the Blog bloggers. Now... Welcome to Cavs the Podcast. I'm Nate Smith, and I'm here with uh, David Wood, who hasn't been on the pod in a little bit. So uh, welcome back, David. Um, Thanks. I'm excited to talk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's been a pretty slow week of Cavs news. I think the only real news is they interviewed J.D. Bickerstaff. Uh, they have permission to interview Alex Jensen and Jordy Fernandez and Wes Unsell Jr., and I know Wes Unsell Jr. has probably got to be a favorite of Kevin Love's since his middle name is after Wes Unsell. So, um, and he was named Wes in the uh, Uncle Drew commercials. So, but other than that, I mean, the other news they don't really have a favorite. I think uh, what are we about? Still about two weeks from the draft lottery, and when yeah. that falls into place, we'll we'll know. A little bit more. A lot of the uh, NBA series are... <sighs> I, one thing about this NBA, I don't feel like I've seen a lot of close games. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like most of the games yeah, have been decided before the last five minutes. I mean, yeah, I see that, I mean first, uh, most... that first Houston-Golden State game was pretty good. And then, yeah, that one, but, well, that was decided by the refs, but... Yeah. But also, yeah, and that'll get into a little bit of... What I want to talk about is the ridiculousness of the Rockets, who are, in my opinion, are seeing the damage of basically playing for fouls their entire, every single possession, and baiting the refs into calling cheap fouls, while the refs, they aren't getting the benefit of the doubt on calls late. And, of course, they submitted their ridiculous study about games, was it game seven? Uh, of the previous season, uh, where the <laughs> where the Warriors uh, supposedly had uncalled fouls to the tune of eighteen point six points uh, because of bad calls, did you did you hear any about that, David? Ah, uh, yeah, I heard it. I mean, that's whatever. That, I feel like every single team has their own version of that. Oh, I know. They just decided to to leak it. Or, yeah, yeah they, they leaked it right now, of course. But the funny thing about that is, like, some of the calls in there that are ridiculous are they're complaining about fouls that weren't called on them that led to certain players getting to the free throw line, like Kavon Looney, instead of Steph Curry. And it was like, oh, it cost us 0.7 points. <laughs> it's like, it's so, it's really dumb. And the whole thing that's more stupid than anything about it is if you change the way one foul is called, it's not as if the rest of the game would change every Go the- everything. Once you change one aspect, the rest of the game would have been played completely differently. You know what I mean? It's like well, it, you change one yeah, r- like butterfly, butterfly ring wings. Yeah, change one random thing, and everything else is different and random. <laughs> so yeah, th- it was ridiculous. I mean, 
So you obviously are pretty against how the Rockets play. I take it. I, I'm against hunting for fouls and the way that James Harden just throws his body around looking for fouls and gets under other players' arms and does all that BS. Yeah. I mean, I'm against it in principle. It's not It's not pretty to watch. But I do get their point about the refs need to just call it the same way consistently. It, it's just like a lot of the 50-50 calls that the refs have been making in that series – if they would just lean one way completely, they could eliminate the drama at least about it. What do you mean? Because the way they call the game sometimes, sometimes they'll give, they'll call, they'll let Harden do like when someone reaches in on him. If he just rips his arm through, they'll give him shots. And then other times they won't do anything about it. And he just flails and the other team grabs a ball. <laughs> and it's just the, the sheer inconsistency of it. I understand why the Rockets have been kind of going after the refs about it. I, about I guess, but to me, it's, their entire mindset is the whole problem because, you know, everybody takes this game that people play from when they're in high school and play on playgrounds and stuff. And if you take it to a point where if you tried this crap on a playground or like a pickup game, people just quit playing or punch you in the face. I mean, that's to me <laughs> what the problem is. It's like they bastardized the game to a point where it is almost unwatchable and then they're complaining about the fact that they don't get calls when they bastardize the game to this point. Well, it's your you've made you've sealed your own fate, you know. <laughs> this is the bed you've made and nobody likes you. So stop whining. And boy is that team unlikable. Like Chris Paul off the court really likable person on the court one of the most unlikable players I've ever seen. And James Harden, if you're not a Houston fan, you probably really don't like the guy. Would you agree? Or you... Yeah, I'm not going to disagree with that. I, I'm not a fan of how Harden plays. It's annoying to watch. And I guess I guess the one thing I just thought of now is it's almost like how they rely on the ref so much like that their game is like that. It's insulting that they're still relying on that, yet they'll criticize the refs and be like, oh, the refs are terrible and stupid. And it's like... <laughs> You're basically criticizing yourself because you're the stupid one that's relying on them to be yeah. good. Yeah, you know, and that's, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Any and that's sense? one thing I really enjoyed about the Cavs last year is there wasn't a ton of that, you know, just kind of rigging the game. And and the funny thing is, is aren't the Rockets one of the teams that always kind of did the hacka strategy? Yeah, they were. Yeah, I mean, the hacka Jordan think- or hacka Drummond or whatever. Yeah, I don't think any team's actually done it the past year or two years, but uh, I've seen it a couple times the in the regular season, but not in the playoffs. I, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, Toronto do it to Ben Simmons if that series gets weird. Um, oh god! But I don't know if there's anybody else that really you that can would do make it to. I guess there's Hack a Bogut. Yeah, I can't think of anyone that's. Yeah, Bogut's not going to be playing enough. <laughs> well, he kind of has to play, though, because they don't have enough big guys. Although, Kevon Looney's been, been playing pretty well. Yeah, the Hill guy's not bad. I don't know if he's been playing, though. Yeah, he's been playing some, yeah. I don't know. I can't stay up that late. These these West Coast games are, <laughs> are brutal. <laughs> like, I would love to watch uh, Blazers Nuggets, but it's just on. So, like, I can't start a game at... I think the one game that I watched was, or the two games I watched were the last two games of the Spurs 
Rocket series or the Spurs uh, Nugget series when the Spurs did that inexplicable not fouling they, down four yeah, that made no sense. seconds left. That, was that like, made no sense. That was just a mess up. I I almost I felt like Aldridge quit. That's what it seemed like to me. But but then the other thing is is Patty Mills had a chance to foul and he didn't foul either. So and everybody was like, this is actually worse than J.R. Smith uh, calling. The timeout <laughs> instead of just putting the shot up. I, I I mean I don't know about that. De- Denver was the better team. Yeah. Oh, they were, and they probably would have gone on to win that. It's just yeah, that's terrible clock management, and and that was actually a really good final game up until that moment. But yeah. And now I'm sitting here. I watching mean, I think that. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say that game is so fun to watch because neither of those teams is super conventional. Like, Denver runs so much stuff out of the post with Jokic, and then the Spurs are just, like, they clog the mid-range area, and somehow it just works out, out for them. Yeah, the big problem with those two teams... And are just hitting X3 they take, it seems they like. They go through really... They go through long offensive dry spells because of the way they play, because, A, the Spurs have to execute at a high level to be good, and the mid-range game has to be there for them, and the Rockets just go really cold and maybe that's just because they're young but or the nuggets there are the nuggets yeah yeah the only it's interesting because the only series that really feels like it's high scoring compared to the regular season is that well i don't i feel like a lot of them are the scoring is way down from the regular season like we're not seeing yeah, I mean, none of the- 122 118 games very often which is no. good, I think. I I would much rather see a more competitive game. Although the the Bucks did kind of blow out the the Celtics last night, which was good to see. Oh, that was that was very nice to see. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think of that series? Oh, the Bucks should be beating Boston so bad. I don't. Okay. So I don't understand why do people like Al Horford so much? He's <laughs> I, I great. Everybody's all about Al Horford. Like he does all the little things. Like. Yeah, like, look, like, I respect Al Horford. He's cool. Like, he's a nerdy guy. He's a cool guy to, like, if you're into, like, advanced stats and crap. But, look, if you, like, if your game is online and you got Al Horford, he's the person you're relying on? Like, come on. Yeah. I mean, it's really funny how bad Tristan Thompson has owned him the last couple of years. Although, I feel like the Eastern Conference playoffs this year kind of showing how well Tristan Thompson played the last couple few years in the playoffs. Look, like, Tristan steps it up. When yeah, he and needs the power to. forward play has been pretty bad in the Eastern Conference. I mean, yeah, you've got uh, who's playing power forward for Philly? Um, oh, the bald guy. Uh, oh, that they Tobias got from Harris? The Clippers. Yeah, Tobias Harris, and he's playing pretty good. But like, I mean, it's he's making fourteen bad. million to score. Like, the score like he what? scores like ten a game. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's just bad. In Boston, has terrible power forwards. And I guess when they play Horford and Baines, it's not the worst, but they're two players I hate watching share the floor together. And then, yeah, Giannis, when he plays at the four, is a beast. But I actually think that team's at their best when Giannis is at the five. Just Oh, yeah, for sure. Because Giannis can close the most space for oh, anyone right now. Absolutely. And but Although, to me, the key to that team is Malcolm Brogdon. Like, Malcolm Brogdon was one of the best, most efficient scorers in the league this year. 
And when he's playing well, they're really hard to beat. Like you saw in that game two, he was really good. And then um, uh, what is that series at? 2-1 Milwaukee? No, no. Wait. It's 1-1. Okay. I don't yeah. think Brogdon's been back. Bledsoe was not really Bro- good. Not Brogdon. Middleton. Uh, Middleton. That's what I meant. God, I'm terrible. Um, but Middleton's yeah, Middleton's also Middleton's been one of the best, uh, most efficient scorers in the league. Um, and when he's on, that team's really hard to beat. And he was lighting yeah. lighting it up he in the last game. He was blazing threes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he was really good. Yeah, he gave Danny Ainge a heart attack. <laughs> I <laughs> saw that today, that? and I thought that. I felt so bad. Yeah. Well, I don't – I mean, I'm glad he's okay. If, if he wasn't okay, I would feel bad about that joke. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, Middleton, Middleton's going to make a lot of money. He's going to be one of those guys that probably gets a max contract offer. Uh, when everybody else I don't think he deserves it. it, but well, yeah, but there's more player, there's more teams with money than there are players who deserve it. Yeah. Do you know that uh, Aaron Rodgers is part owner of the Bucks, according to Wikipedia? What? Yeah, according to Wikipedia, Aaron Rodgers is listed as one of the Bucks owners. I guess that makes sense. Milwaukee is Milwaukee in Wisconsin? <laughs> yes, David. Milwaukee is in Wisconsin. Uh, I know it's north of Chicago. <laughs> Yes, Milwaukee is in Wisconsin. <laughs> All right, then I'm not surprised. <laughs> well, and it used to be that the Packers used to play half their games in Milwaukee, and then they kind of consolidated to Lambeau. But yeah, it's it's an interesting team. I'm I'm I guess that's the team I'm rooting for most now. Them and the Blazers, but it, See, I don't feel like I got anybody what, to root for. <laughs> I li- no, I like Milwaukee. It reminds me of the early Cavs teams if they had done things right. Yeah, that's probably like when a we, good analysis. Well, when we got LeBron. Because never, Milwaukee never really splurged on anyone too stupid. And they just slowly brought guys in. They weren't trying to take that one home run hit by trying to get some Antoine Jameson guy. Yeah, it's this year that they're going to do something stupid. But they kind of have to this would be the year. To keep all their guys. Yeah. But if they get to the finals, it's probably worth it. Yeah, this Philly-Toronto series, I I don't get how Toronto goes on these runs where they just look bad. It's just really inconsistent. I mean, do you feel like I that? Just, or? Yeah, I just think Boston can't do it. There's something with Kyle Lowry. He, he just Toronto? doesn't, he can't perform consistently. Yeah, or, yeah Toronto, that, sorry. that's probably a lot of it. Yeah, he's old. I think he's got maybe six points this game so far. Yeah, unless and, he really went off. Yeah, and recently. I mean Kawhi is the best player in the series, but he doesn't seem to like want to take over every game. And I feel like that team would be at its best with Kawhi just running, basically using Kawhi like they use LeBron. And then yeah, but they've got that, and then using Siakam as that secondary scorer, and Paul Gasol is the guy that spaces the floor. Ugh, if Paul Gasol's spacing the floor for you, you messed up. Like, I like Kawhi, but I he's not the same force LeBron was. Like, no. when you could just give him the ball and he get to the rim. Like, Kawhi's going to – he'll get his right shoulder into you, and then he's going to pull up, like, 12 feet from the hoop. Yeah, and Kawhi takes – like, he'll go on – he just doesn't have the same feel for the game LeBron does. Like, I feel like he needs to be with a good point guard where LeBron could be the good point guard. Plus, yeah, is, is Kawhi a more uh, a better version of Westbrook? Basically, 
No, I mean, Kawhi's a much better player. For A, because he actually is a good defender, whereas Westbrook is a terrible defender. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Would you disagree with me? <laughs> no, I don't, I don't disagree. But, I mean, on offense, at least, he's just a more hesitant Westbrook sometimes. No, he's a much better shooter than but, Westbrook, though. Westbrook yeah, is I guess just that's true. the worst volume. He's the worst volume three-point shooter in the NBA by a lot. Like, by so many... uh advanced metrics and he's just getting worse every year and it happens yeah, every year in the playoffs. yeah he is a good shooter <laughs> it's just i just feel like he goes on stretches where he tries to do too much by himself and they don't run plays for him oh man do you see siakam just trip Embiid? no no i think oh, my yeah. stream's behind yeah siakam just way like just stuck his leg out there to trip Embiid on a loose ball he'll probably get a flagrant Oh yeah! Oh, I, oh yeah! I just saw that. That should be a flagrant. Yeah, right after Kyle Lowry hip checked somebody into the seats. <laughs> oh, that's great! I see. At this point, I kind of just feel bad for Toronto because they're never going to get their reign at the Eastern Conference. Well, if, I feel if this like is they how they're performing, there, but yeah, they should have got another guard. I think that's one of the things that's hurting them right now is they don't have enough guards. Like. They could have used a Delhi or a Jordan Clarkson or just the problem is Jordan Clarkson. <laughs> well, maybe not Jordan Clarkson, but uh, I just want to get him off the team. But the problem is that Van Vliet is too small and you can't play him a ton of minutes. And Lowry is just too old and they don't really have anybody in the wings to kind of pick up the slack. I don't know. I felt like. That was the one thing they really could have used was another guard. Yeah, they just need a, uh, someone that can get super hot scoring. I think. Yeah, Jordan Clarkson. And, and just yeah. Hey, look, I <laughs> kind of like Jordan Clarkson. No, now. I like grew, Jordan Clarkson too. But you cannot put him on a string. He's not going to be a defender that's on a string as part of a team defense in the playoffs. He's just going to get. Well, yeah. How would he? Play? He's just not. A smart enough defender. Well, yeah, but how would he be so good at offense if he wasted energy playing defense? <laughs> <laughs> I I I don't know what to say to that. Oh wow, Embiid Embiid is playing out of his mind this game. He's three for three from three. He's got like twenty eight points. He just stuffed Siakam. Oh, he's shooting flagrants now. Oh, that was for the. Uh -oh. Yeah, well, I'm ahead of you. Sorry. <laughs> Which is funny. No, so, no. Who, what's your streaming service? I'm using, I think, DirecTV, and then I'm streaming it to a Google Chrome. Oh, okay. Yeah, I have yeah. DirecTV now. So, yeah, I've got yeah, someone, but I'm ahead of you. So, I don't know. I use a Philly's going to win this. Oh yeah, Philly's going to win this. They're up by 16, but you never know. Embiid gets on these tears where he takes stupid threes and shoots them out of games. <laughs> I mean, am yeah, I wrong? It is no, no, it's infuriating to watch him when he takes threes like that because he is probably the most dominant post player we have right now. I'd say that's probably true. But oh well. So, oh, I just saw that block. Yeah, that was nice. I mean, it's good that he's he's can shoot that, but he just steps into it way too often early in the shot clock. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that well, should be the last option. Or five seconds or less, that's fine. Otherwise, you can get a better shot, I feel like. 
No, I told I totally agree. I think sometimes he just does it because it's easy, and they they let him do it because they'll they'll live. If that's the worst thing he's going to do all yeah. game. They'll live with it. Plus, they have to establish him as a floor stretcher too because uh, Simmons is such a terrible shooter. Or not, yeah, Sim- he's not even a terrible shooter. He's the Tristan Thompson of point guards. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he just doesn't have a shot outside of eight feet. You know what's really bad? Isn't he dating a Kardashian also? Uh, I think he was dating Kendall Jenner for a while, but I don't know if they're still together. God, it pains me that I actually know that. Who's Yeah, so Lamar Odom's the best shooter of anyone that the Kardashians have dated. Ooh, I'm trying to think. That's, Cause no, been... because uh, Harden dated one of the Kardashians uh, for a while. Harden oh, yeah, dated Chloe. True. So... <laughs> There's also Chris Humphreys. Yeah, but Harden is the best. I mean, he's the best of the Kardashian Eskimo brothers. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, that was a good point though. Yeah, I don't think I don't think long term that team can sustain uh having having Simmons as point guard. I feel like if they're smart, they'll try and move him this off season, but I don't know if they're that smart. They people give them a lot of credit, but man, did they screw up a lot of drafts. Yeah, they they craft the bed with Jabari Parker, who's the the offensive dude Okafor. that could only go. No, Okafor, they didn't yeah. draft Jabari Parker. Milwaukee drafted Jabari Parker. I'm talking Philly. Oh, I'm thinking of just Okafor then. You're I don't know why Okafor. I thought they took Parker. No, they didn't take Parker. They took oh New Orleans Noel. New Orleans Noel. They took um uh. Markel Fultz, they took Okafor, they took uh yeah, there was another guy oh, there was another guy in there. Yeah. They Oh didn't... um MCW, Michael Carter Williams. Oh Michael right? Carter Williams. They oh yeah, they took Michael Carter Williams over uh Giannis. <laughs> like one peg <laughs> ahead of Giannis. That's not good. <laughs> and then what was the other one that was? Ter- oh yeah, the the Mikhail Bridges trade this year was oh for Zaire, dumb. yeah, to get a future first. I mean, to me that was especially when this draft doesn't look that good. So, speaking of the draft, you've been uh, dipping your your toe into the draft waters of late. Any uh, any takeaways? All right, so this is my first take. Since when is every NBA player under two hundred pounds? <laughs> like yeah all these guys I, are re- twigs yeah it makes no sense there so i'd say over half of the first round draft class is like six seven guys who are 175 pounds that's so i have two thoughts on this first off these guys need to put on weight but also if they're coming into the nba and succeeding like that just shows us that the rules are so skewed now towards non-physical play because this is too small to be for a human being that's a professional athlete. Well, I don't think a lot of these guys are coming in and succeeding their first or second year. I mean, a lot of well, these guys aren't going to be any good till their third year because they're so young. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, like, so you have a guy like Trey Young who's probably 155 pounds. If that. What's, yeah. it, say, what's it say about the NBA that they can that he'll go off for six threes? Like, as far as the rules go, like, it's that unphysical now because that, he shouldn't be able to compete or stand up to, like, a guard like Eric Bledsoe. Well, the other thing that happens he, is that teams, bad teams don't exploit him and good teams do exploit him. But 
he can compete because there's enough bad teams in the league. Uh, defensively right. is what I'm saying. Because I, I haven't thought about that. That's he's a good one point. of the worst defenders in the NBA. Yeah, he is very bad at defense. Yeah. He makes Kyrie look decent. Yeah. I mean, not that the Cavs' uh, own rookie, Colin Sexton, looked much better. but And then I read a – E.G. and I were talking about this last week, but one of the things is that these 30-foot-plus 30 three-pointers are, like, secretly not a terrible shot because on 30-plus-foot three-pointers, you end up getting 15% more offensive rebounds. Um, oh, yeah, someone else was talking about that. That was on a podcast, too. Well, it was on this podcast. <laughs> I don't know if you. Oh, maybe, maybe it was this podcast. Maybe it was you guys. <laughs> I mean, uh, I can't remember who wrote the article. I I'll have to look it up and and credit it. But I didn't come up with that myself. But I mean, it it, it certainly is interesting. And Trey Young is one of those guys that shoots a lot of really long threes, and and Damian Lillard too. But I mean, yeah, there's a lot of really skinny guys in this draft, and I don't think all of them are going to pan out. And most of these guys, until they put on weight don't really pan out. I mean, you remember what a twig Siakam was and oh, yeah. <laughs> and who's uh the guy for uh Orlando, the big center they drafted last year? Oh, I can't think of his name either. But he was a twig and he was pretty abjectly awful. I mean, yeah, John ja Morant is actually probably going to weigh more than a lot of these 6-7 swingmen. Yeah, it's then, absurd. But then you got a guy like DeAndre Hunter who's like 230 that, pounds. That's the guy, yeah. DeAndre Hunter's the one guy in the in the draft that I want the Cavs to take. Over Zion? I mean, other than Zion? Well, well, yeah, other than Zion. But he's the one player I'm like super stoked on. Uh, I haven't looked – like I kind of just went through the draft. I was like, all right, these guys look like they're reasonable-sized guys because at this point I don't want to trust the Cavs like coaching staff or training staff <laughs> with having to develop a player. So I just want a guy that can play right away. Yeah. I'm told I would be totally fine if the Cavs had five of those guys and played above slightly above 500 ball for two years. But um, the thing with Hunter is like when I started kind of looking at him and watching videos of him, the dude like is a great defender. He just knows where to be and he actually slides his foot and will like just hang out on guys hips to force him into really dumb shots. And he showed up in the biggest game of his career. He yeah. showed up and scored 27. Oh, yeah, and, and hit just absolutely clutch shots. Yeah, like that that's something because that's a huge stage for a kid. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if the Cavs are at five or six, um, I wouldn't mind that at all. I mean, you could slide him right into your three spot and then move Chetty to the two. Yeah. Also, he's a 43% three-point shooter in college. Yeah, he was very good. Like, I think he can play right right away as a three and D um, guy. I mean, I don't think he's necessarily a wing offensively uh, because I don't know how well you're going to be able to put the ball on the floor. He seems. I don't think he really can. Yeah, but he can catch and shoot, and he can shoot coming off screens, and you know get a lot of offensive rebounds and putbacks and that kind of thing. So yeah, and and post up smaller wings. I think he's better than, like, R.J. Barrett to start out. R.J. Barrett's a terrible shooter. Like, I mean, his shot looks good, but he shot, like, I think 30% in college on an absurd amount of threes. Yeah, and that's the thing. But Barrett, you know, I said this on an earlier pod, he kind of reminds me of 
Bradley Beal, too, where he has a really good form, but Bradley Beal was a not a very good shooter in college. But obviously the form kind of won out, and he became a good player. But So your guy, your pet guy is DeAndre Hunter. My pet guy is Brandon Clark from Gonzaga. And it's kind of funny because I've literally seen him all over the draft board. I've seen him in the lottery. I've seen him. I saw a mock draft that had him in the second round. I mean, it was really interesting because he has very similar offensive numbers to Matisse Teibel, who we profiled last week. And But Mat- Matisse Teibel is a much more limited offensive player, uh, whereas Brandon Clark is like a pretty polished offensive player. But the thing is, is he's like going to be a rookie at 22. Um, I mean, he's older. He's going to be two years older next year than the... Cavs' previous year's rookie, um, I'm blanking on his name. Who, who Sexton? Sexton. Yeah, he's going to be two years older than Sexton, so that he's got to be able to play right away. But his defensive numbers were like one of the top two or three in the nation in terms of blocks and steals. And he's a really good finisher, really good rebounder. wasn't a great shooter this year, but had a better shooting percentage last year, and he can really throw it down. So that's a guy. I think is going to be really good right away. Like almost not the same kind of player, but the same way that um, Malcolm Brogdon uh, came out as an older player, kind of an upperclassman and was good right away from Milwaukee and, and was very good this year before he got hurt. Would it, anybody else you like in the draft? I, um, sorry, go that's ahead. All, that's honestly the only player I've really done a, enough of a dive to say anything like distinct about beyond Zion and John ja Morant. Yeah. I mean, I've watched all, I've, I've watched all Zion's highlights. I, I'm not really too sure how he's going to translate to the NBA. I think he'll be very good, but I think he's kind of being overhyped because just the amount of physicality he's going to face from guys. He's not going to be the like outweighing every single player by 30 pounds. No, so it'll be in there, but it'll, It'll be interesting to see how he adjusts. To me, what's impressive is the defense combined with, like, I feel like he can play the two through the four spot and guard probably five positions in the NBA, and that's what's going to make him really valuable. Like, to me, he's Draymond Green with better offensive skill set and more I athletic. Mean, so that'd be very that'd be exciting if that's yeah. what he turns out to be. Yeah, but you don't know. Um, John, yeah. And to me, it's Zion, John Morant. I'm not so much on R.J. Barrett. I really feel like after Zion, the next, and maybe John Morant, the next 20 guys are all could go in some order. I mean, it's it's such a crapshoot. It all depends on who's a fit at the at the next point. Like, and then you're gonna see some teams make some really dumb. Like, I hate Cameron Reddish. I think he's gonna be a terrible NBA player, but. <laughs> I, somebody will take a shot on him, and he feels so—he feels so much like a Lakers pick. <laughs> this draft feels like the one I don't remember what year it was, but whatever year Oladipo was drafted, yeah, yeah. where like you kind of like how long did it take? Like probably six years before we figured out who the best player from and that the best year was. Player was Giannis? Yeah, yeah, that's the craziest thing. So, and Giannis was the fifteenth pick, right? Um, fifteenth or fourteenth? Yeah, because yeah, he was the last pick of the lottery. Yeah, that was the 2013 NBA draft. And, yeah, number 
two was uh, Victor Oladipo. God, number four was Cody Zeller. Although Cody isn't the worst Zeller. <laughs> he's he's a serviceable player, but yeah. I mean, it's really Otto Porter went three. Nerland Noel, six. God, KCP, Trey Burke went nine. That's also awful. And then CJ McCollum went 10, which was a really good draft pick. And then Steven Adams, good player, but I'm not sure he can play in the NBA anymore. And then, yeah, 15 was Atetokounmpo. And then, God, it's terrible after that. You got Schroeder, Gorgie Dang. Like, there's a, there's so many bad contracts in this draft. <laughs> and yeah, Gorgie Dang got overpaid. And then, of course, uh, <laughs> Sergey Karasev by the Cavs. <laughs> that was brutal. Was yeah. Joe Harris that draft too? No. I believe maybe no. He was the year after. Um, yeah, I mean it was that was a terrible draft. This, so this draft reminds you a little bit of that one. That, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't think we're gonna know who's the best is for yeah, a little while. You don't see a ton of top tier talent. Yeah, but that's, it that's looks exciting. Like just a I lot guess. of bad players. It could There's be. There's so many bad contracts in this draft. Tim Hardaway, Solomon Hill, um, Dennis Schroeder, <laughs> uh, Stephen, well, Stephen Adams is a good contract. Uh, Cody Zeller is a terrible contract. Otto Porter is a terrible contract. And then, of course, the worst number one draft pick of all time, Anthony Bennett. <laughs> Speaking of number one draft picks, uh, you had some news on DeAndre Ayton. Oh, yeah. So I guess DeAndre Ayton was getting paid ten thousand dollars a month the entire time he was so at was Arizona. A booster? No, it was an assistant coach. Nice. So I, I glanced I glanced over the stuff like that ESPN had, and it seems like the assistant coach was paying him paying him to steer him towards an agent, and then that assistant coach was getting reimbursed or was getting paid. Interesting. Don't don't really know, but it basically seems like all these players are getting paid. Is what this is making it look like at this point. Yeah, I mean, it, my opinion, and I don't know if you, we've ever talked about this, but my opinion is what the NBA and the NCAA should do is they should just partner. And teams should be under contract with, they should, with an NCAA team. They should just be independent contractors. And once their contract runs out, uh, they just go to the NBA. Like you can sign a one, two, three, or four year contract and go to college and make, you know, a hundred thousand dollars and then or however much you want to make and then go to the NBA because they're pretty much just free marketing for these universities now anyway. And and the <sighs> people that get paid are the coaches. Yeah. Like, that was a big sigh, David. I don't I just don't know how I feel about it because like on the one hand I feel like the players that are getting paid are players that should like they're going to go to the NBA anyways. They're getting a free education, which I know is everyone's like that's a ridiculous argument. It's but not make a it, ridiculous they, argument because how much is they, a year tuition at Duke? Forty thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah. Know. Well, this is the thing that like I I feel like if you if you're a, like the players that are worth getting paid are typically going to go pro within a year or two. Make it something where, like, they have to finish their degree. Make it where they're getting something out of the college experience that's not necessarily money. Like, you could even make it something as, like, 
little as like, if you don't get your degree within eight years, you have to, you have to sponsor like a scholarship at the school or some type of contract deal that incentivizes them to get something out of their, like going to college. I like think that's a farce anyway. I mean, it is. It's but, it's totally so, a farce. So my but whole it, take it, is totally different than that. So my take is that if Zion Williamson was playing for the Sioux Falls Sky Force, no one would care. And although Zion Williams probably would just be playing for an NBA team if he came out at 18, but the problem isn't the Zion Williams of the world that come out in out of high school or Zion Williamson's of the world that come out of high school. It's the CJ Miles's of the world that aren't good until like five years in. Although mm-hmm. I'm not sure CJ Miles was ever good, but um and then teams are just sucking up roster spots for guys who can't play. You know, and how many terrible NBA games have do we watch in the regular season where you just have all these guys running around that you know, the Marquise Chris's of the world that don't know how to play basketball. And and now we want more of these young guys littering up the end of NBA benches, I mean, that's just going to make tanking worse. That's my take. I mean, I feel like they should move it up to two years in college and then just let colleges pay these guys. Oh, so you're, you actually, you don't care about the players. You're talking about the product. I'm talking about the product, but I care about the players too, because the other side of it is if you're paying those guys and you're treating them like contractors, then they're an employee. You have a like now I feel like it's the worst of both worlds. You're not an employee, but you're not really a student either. So you really don't have to be responsible to anybody. And yeah, but what about it, the Sorry, go ahead. What about people where it's like a leverage situation? Like there's a lot of kids that aren't getting in the duke off their academics that are playing sports there. Mhm. Like that's a situation where they can like they can really take advantage of that opportunity and get Well, they like, can still get super. a tuition waiver. I mean, if you're an employee of a university, you can get a tuition waiver. You can letting them get a tuition waiver, but but I'm I, saying I why don't... why why pay them like that that the opportunity like it's well, you don't is have to pay them. You just you can choose to pay however many players you want to choose to pay, but you don't have to. I mean, to me, you're gonna see you know maybe thirty players get paid and then. The rest of them are going to be on scholarship and doing that kind of thing. To me, it's much better to go get exposure on national TV playing for Duke than to not get exposure and not like that's the one thing they talk about. Well, we can go to the G League, but they're going to make Zion Williamson is going to make so much money, more money over the course of his career because he spent a year at Duke than he would make an at most $120,000 in the G League. Like, I bet for endorsements and for, you know, a million other things, that year at Duke is going to be much more lucrative throughout his uh, playing career. Would you, would you agree with that, or do you think I'm just smoking? No. No, that, that, I mean, that's definitely true. All the, like, crappy local car commercials you can do alone are probably, like, <laughs> 60 grand a year. It's probably true. but Like, in appearances. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not sure, you know, playing for the Canton Charge would really help him all that much. Um, and I don't think they're really going to have better medical staffs in the G League, and they're not going to have necessarily better coaching. I don't know. Uh, but I still feel like 
guys need to take at least two years before they get to the NBA because, yeah, for the product of the NBA. But Adam Silver, what was it? Tony Kornheiser says that LeBron James keeps Adam Silver in his breast pocket. <laughs> he, he just kind of owns Adam Silver. So I don't know. I I think there's. I mean, I guess the counter. I think the NCAA just the major college basketball program should just leave the NCAA. Or like the counter to it is go play in Europe because you get to go to a foreign country. Yeah, play in most cool areas. Of those make... guys aren't mentally uh, ready to live on their own in another country. I mean, That's I know I sure as hell wasn't able, to, wouldn't have been mature enough to do that at nineteen. No, I was barely sure enough to go 300 miles from home. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, and and most of those guys who have done that have struggled. Now, the other side of it is these these players that, like in Europe, it's a whole club system, and you can be playing on a club when you're 15. And a lot of these guys that come from Europe are much more mature as individuals because they've been around grown men since they were um 15 they've been playing in a kind of an apprenticeship program and if you got rid of amateur eligibility in college you could totally go to that kind of system in the nba too i mean yeah that's true maybe teams have you know 16 17 and 18 year olds and the guys that are really good can go get paid in college, and then the guys that are really good beyond that can get drafted. I don't know. I, I feel like that that system works in Europe too, also because the culture is just entirely different. Well, that it's for probably like true, how they, but how they rear children. Yeah, but that's very similar to how juniors work in the in hockey. You know, yeah, but in, the, isn't that mostly Canadian people? No, there's a lot of Americans in juniors. I mean, not as many yeah. clearly, but. I mean, yeah. I I I grew. I went to college in a hockey college at, at <clears throat> in Fairbanks, Alaska, and they had a junior team there too. And it's you, it is a very different culture. But I mean, even baseball does that to a limited degree with all the different leagues that people play in, and you know, people go play summer league college ball, and they usually stay with a host family and that kind of thing. So it's it's a very different situation than like the way the G League works. And I'm not sure the G League is all that set up for success. I don't know. I just I see the way the G League is run, and compared to major college programs, I just don't think it's run as well. But I don't know. No, they but, get, they. <coughs> but I say that, and then I realize Mike Shashevsky put Zion Williamson as the role man in the pick and roll like three times all year. So, <laughs> so maybe I'm just talking out of my butt, and people in college don't know what they're doing. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Any 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 pushback on any of that? Uh, in, uh. I don't know. I just I don't want to pay kids. My thing is get, take your take your education and be happy with it. I I would be happy to see that. I don't care either way, really. As a, I also I guess the other thing with the money is: are you really paying the kid, or are you paying their family? Well, that's anybody who is a very young sports star. You know, well let let's let them get to the NBA first before they can get taken advantage of. <laughs> okay, I mean baseball and hockey and how oh, what's the other major sport that pretty young people do? I, Soccer. I guess, well, in Europe more than here, 
But yeah, I mean, baseball and hockey, they pay guys that young. Football, they don't because you can't really come out till what three years. But I have no idea how that yeah. draft works. No, it's three. You got to play in college for three. Um, well, I think football makes more sense just because they want to make sure those guys are done growing. But football's uh, a mess anyway. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, why do, why can't it work for those sports but not for basketball? I don't know. I mean, I don't know the answer, yeah. but it certainly seems like a mendacious and unsustainable system. The one, the way it's set up now, and and I don't think letting guys get drafted out of high school again is going to be good for the NBA. There's a reason they got rid of it to begin with, because you had guys sitting on the end of the bench for three years and actual people that knew how to play basketball not playing in NBA games. So. And at times the product has been abysmal this year. So, yeah, but the top of the product is still very good. It is, but I feel like top to bottom it isn't as good. So, so we'll see. I don't know. I don't know what'll happen, but whatever happens, the NCAA will probably make the wrong choice, and the NBA will <laughs> will do keep what doing is the same thing for their image and their bottom line. Yeah. So. Anyway. Well, if we're since we're discussing some hot topics here, have you uh, have you heard about the Kirk Goldsberry thing or listened to any oh, of the podcast uh, with Brom him? Ball? Yeah, yeah, book? about about yeah. the expansion of the three. Yeah, I I have. I've just on Twitter and you know stuff I've read from him before. Is there anything? I mean, especially well, new about you know or have you no, delved he, into the he's book just, at all? He's he's just mad that everyone's taking three pointers. I was going to say I have an idea because they discussed ideas about how to kind of cut back on the three pointers okay. in the NBA, and one of them was well, two. One of the ideas was just eliminate the corner three by curving the line out. Yeah, the other one the was have, wider. Yeah, yeah, or yeah, or just not having that area like be a three pointer. And then one of them was about having like a three second clock in the corner. But then this is this is my theory on this to kind of make it a little more interesting. What if you shorten the three lines so guys could close out more effectively? Because I it, think it would be worse. See, I don't think that. This is why, because I feel like teams would start to push guys in to take those shorter threes without realizing that it just completely blows any spacing they have. Yeah, but I on think the floor. where you're, where that falls apart is in transition because you're going to see so many more transition threes. And I'm not sure that's necessarily a good thing because I, the worst part yeah, of the NBA is when you get these like teams going back and forth, taking brick threes on fast breaks. And we know how it is in college. Like three pointers are like layups in college. Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like right, widening well, the court and making a circle all the way out would be good for offenses and defenses. All right. You beat my idea. I don't know. I mean, getting rid of the corner three entirely, wouldn't that just pack the rest of the areas on the court? I mean, I don't know. I don't. Like, I, feel I don't like feel like a, anybody would ever go to the baseline. That's yeah, probably not. But also, if it's such an efficient shot, I guess guys would start ta- keep taking it, or maybe scoot in like a foot. It wouldn't be a three, but it'd still be a two. Because, I mean, some of those people were hidden at, like, 50% from the corners. Well, yeah. That's still but still a good shot. It, 
not really because the whole the whole reason to practice that is because you get three points. I mean, if you're not getting three points anymore, people aren't going to practice it. You're going to totally change the geometry. I think that's too radical a change for the geometry of the NBA. I think widening the court a little bit and making it a little farther out in the corner would be a better way to go. And then just you'd have to push back on some of the courtside real estate. I mean, it would still all be courtside. It would just, you know, the row would take, you would get rid of that front row and whatever the what the second row was before would now be the front row. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know any other way to do it. I like the I like the idea of counting them having a three second violation what, in the corner. What about making it a ten and a half foot rim? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's well, I mean, we're ridiculous. talking crazy ideas. All right, I mean, so I guess statistic like if we think about it, the average vertical of people has probably increased. Oh, I'm about over six inches for sure since 1950 or whenever basketball was yeah. invented. Probably, I think. It would change the game for sure because every single guy would have to rework their shot. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe not like even 10 foot six, maybe like 10 and a quarter, like 10 foot three or something. I don't know. Just just change it up a little. I mean, that would be like, I guess the inverse of that would be if you had within the WNBA, you just lower the hoop to a point <laughs> where like 75% of the women in the league could dunk. <laughs> I don't think that would be a good idea. <laughs> Yeah, like, but it would make it it would make it more exciting. It would be more like the NBA. So I'd say three fourths of the league can dunk. Probably the entire league can dunk <laughs> in some fashion. Well, I wouldn't. I would say like ninety percent of the league can probably dunk. Who but do you I think mean, the tallest guy is in the league that can't dunk right now? That cannot dunk. Well, yeah, oh, that's a good question. Who's the tallest guy in the league that cannot dunk? Oh, Kyle Korver. Kyle Korver, I swear I saw him dunk in the last two years. Kyle Korver might be the guy. Um, Delhi might be the guy. Like Delhi, like six Deli four. Can, he can dunk. He cannot dunk. Delhi could definitely dunk. <laughs> um, that's an interesting question. Can Dirk dunk? Dirk can tilt. Dirk yeah, dunk he can dunk still because I saw a highlight. Year, yeah. yeah, I mean not very often, but <laughs> I feel like six foot. Three, six foot two, maybe some of these really uh, unathletic guys, like really old players, like Jason Terry at the end of his career. Or... JJ Redick probably can't dunk either. Oh, JJ Redick! I've seen JJ Redick dunk this year. Yeah, he's like six four, oh. and he's in really good shape. Like it was a soft slam, but yeah, I don't know. Oh. That, that's the best question I've heard in a long time. Who is the the tallest NBA player that can't dunk? I like it. I'm going to put that at the top of the pod because we need to know. We do need to know. We need to figure this out. Like, it's got to be one of these Gator Arms guys. Because <laughs> Gator Arms Rodney Hood. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've seen Hood dunk, I think. Like, who are the oldest guys in the NBA? Kyle Korver is in the the top of it. Vince I, Carter. Yeah, but he but can, still, he can dunk. still dunk for sure. Yeah, this is... Um, Wait, Jamal Crawford might not be able to dunk anymore. Do you think yeah, Tony like, Parker can still dunk? No, I don't think Tony Parker could ever really dunk that no, well. No, Tony could dunk, but probably not in a game very often. Let me, I got to Google Tony Parker dunk now. Who? Apparently, Tony Parker dunked on LeBron once. What? Yeah, Tony Parker well, good dunked for him. on LeBron. Good for him. 
Uh, he did. He, yeah, Parker could definitely dunk, but there's no way he can dunk anymore. What about Ryan Anderson? You think he can dunk still? <laughs> I don't even know if he can run up and down the floor. The tallest guy I know that ever played in the NBA that couldn't dunk was Lou Amundsen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I remember him. He had Wolverine yeah, hands. He did. He the did. Ad- and adamantium hands. And we called him. Uh, we called him Chaka from Land of the Lost. <laughs> <laughs> we were always like, was he on the team? and he couldn't shoot free throws, so we were like, "Why, why you foul Chaka? <laughs> you know Chaka no shoot free throw." Oh, JJ Redick thirty five. I did not realize Wait, JJ Redick was thirty five. Oh wow! Maybe he can't dunk anymore. That's crazy. Lou Lou Amundsen was on the dark year Kyrie team, right? <laughs> yeah, which like one? one? The, yeah. The lost years. The year before LeBron came back, I think he was on that team. Oh, was he? Was that the year we signed Earl Clark too? No, he was earlier. They no, they signed Earl Clark, thinking that um, he could play with LeBron, and then LeBron went to Miami. I thought. I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. Jose Calderon can't dunk. I'm sure of it. Who? Jose Calderon. He's not in the league anymore, though. He played last year. He was on uh, Detroit last year. Yeah, but he's not this this year, though. This year that just finished, he was on Detroit. Oh, all right. Oh, here's a quick: Can Udonis Haslam still dunk? I think so. You think he's so? Pretty what, tall. Okay, Devin Harris. Like that's right on the edge to me. How tall is Devin Harris? Six he's three, like six five, maybe. Now I gotta go. <sighs> I feel like he can still dunk. I don't know. Devin Harris is how tall is he? No, this is going to drive me crazy. What about uh, he's six three. Nice call. I don't. I bet you Devin Harris can't dunk anymore. All uh, right, but he there's taller guys than him. Mozgov, Mozgov probably can. He's a seven footer. Oh, you know Mozgov can dunk. He doesn't even. He only has a jump like three inches. Oh, here's a good yeah. question: Can Zaza still dunk? Oh. No, I don't know. Yeah, what about Bogut? Can dunk. Bogut still dunk? Bogut can still dunk. Yeah, he's. I know Jameer Nelson couldn't dunk for like four years. I don't think he played in the league this year, but he was in the league the year before. Ooh, Raymond Felton. <laughs> can Ray Felton? The I think okay. How tall is Ray Felton? Like six two. There's no way Raymond Felton can dunk. Hold on, I don't have my computer by me. Can if if Ray felt well no I mean we know he can't dunk because there's still basketball hoops left in the NBA. <laughs> uh, Jason Terry I know could not dunk at the end of his career, but he was never that tall to begin with. I can't believe JJ Reddick's 35. That's crazy. Can Paul? He played, well, he was on those that Orlando team. Mavs faced. I think he was a rookie. Yeah, that's true. Jamal Crawford is 39 and he's six five. I I bet you Jamal Crawford can't dunk anymore. Although he plays ball all year round because he's like big in the uh, like the, the Northwest, the amateur thing. Yeah, and he plays in like that tournament they the have Drew- every year up in. Yeah, he plays in the Drew League every year. I don't know, maybe Jamal. Crawford yeah, and Seattle. Dunk. Yeah, I feel like Tony Parker is Tony Parker. <laughs> Ray Felt Ray Felton is the team captain of the of the camp. He's six one though. He's only six one. Is that width or height? <laughs> it took you a second. It took you. I th- I feel like the tallest guy who can't dunk is is probably 
Udonis Haslam. Like, I don't know if Udonis Haslam can still dunk. How old is he? He's 36, 38. That's crazy. How, how tall is he? He's like 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, I bet he can dunk. I don't know. In a game, though, that's the thing. He's got to oh, be able to dunk oh, in a game. A, oh, that eliminates so many guys. <laughs> well, yeah. So game dunk, no, but probably by himself. Yeah, he can probably run up and dunk it. Yeah. Tony Parker definitely can't dunk anymore, though. And I don't... I mean, Paul Gasol probably can dunk, but he's... I don't think Paul's... I think he's done. I think he's going to go play in Spain next year. Kyle yeah. Korver, I, I mean... I'm, I don't know if he can slow, but he does keep himself in really good shape. Oh yeah, he's, I mean he's in crazy good shape. Yeah, but he know. he's not working with too much to begin with. <laughs> no, athleticism wise, no, he's not. I mean, th- there's very few guys that have gotten more out of limited athleticism than Kyle Korver. So, oh, here's a good question: Can Doug McDermott dunk? No, <laughs> that was very definitive. But. Well, this is the thing. I think I've seen I, I say that now, but he could be like Allen because Grayson Allen, for some reason, I think of him as like the same type of player and he yeah, can dunk Grayson like crazy. Allen's actually pretty athletic. Yeah, he's a crazy dunker. Yeah, and also looks exactly like Ted Cruz, which is weird. Have you ever seen a picture of him next to Ted Cruz? They, they're like, he, he looks like his. No. <laughs> they look like the same person. I can picture it, though. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Joe Johnson could could Joe Johnson still dunk at six five? I gotta think he could. Mm, yeah, he was pretty athletic for although he didn't play yeah, last year. He could. He was on the Jazz. Oh yeah, right. Was he? I didn't think he played. Yeah, last playoffs, last I think he was. Yeah, but I don't think he was in the league this season. Oh no, not this season. I don't think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Marcin Gortat can he still dunk? Yeah, he's six eleven. He's uh, the dunk. Yeah, he's still pretty good. Well, Not no, good, he's still serviceable. He'll set some nasty screens. Yeah, he's like one of the best screen setters in the league. Interesting. Well, I don't, I don't know. I, I think we've kind of exhausted this list, but it, it is an interesting. Discussion. So, hey, Ray Felton is the yeah. MVP of this team. I'll agree with that. I'll give him that. <laughs> uh, so, who? What do you know? What the next game is on ESPN? Uh, the coming up tonight. Later game, I believe, is Golden State Houston is on shortly. Oh, it is already. Oh yeah, it would be, or that might be Saturday. Hold on, let's pull this Hold up. On. I don't know if there's. It is cool. No. There. Oh, there's just one game tonight, and then tomorrow right. we have uh, Milwaukee, Boston, and Denver, Portland, and then Saturday we have Golden State Houston, and then Sunday we have Milwaukee, Boston, and Golden State. Oh, they're. Oh, whoops, no, not Sunday. What's Saturday? Yeah, and then, okay, Sunday we have 76ers, Toronto, Portland, Denver, and then Monday, Milwaukee, Boston, and Golden State, Houston. Uh, so w- what's your prediction then for the Boston, the Boston-Milwaukee uh, series? Um, I think it's going to be Milwaukee in seven. Okay, I, that, that's what I'm feeling too I right now. I don't feel like Milwaukee's gr- a great road team yet. And I think it's going to be really hard for them to win in Boston, but I, I feel like they're going to these. But they're going to have to win one in Boston. But I don't think they can win two. So they'll win one in Boston, and then it'll just keep going back and forth till they get to Game Seven. I predict a Golden State sweep of Houston. Ooh, 
Well, here's the thing. Houston's uh, going into their home game. It's a must win. And I don't know if they're – I think Golden State's just going to put the hammer down on them. I think one of the problems is Houston has made too much noise and done too much talking, and that's the one thing you don't want to do to Golden State. You kind of want to lull them to sleep. And because the only way to make Houston or the only way to fight Golden State is to be so boring that they stop caring about basketball, and <laughs> which they do. They they go these stretches where they do that. And I think Houston is just too, too unlikable for them. Like they'll always get up for Houston. <laughs> yeah, I want to give Houston. I think Houston will get one game. I mean, Harden like literally went on. It was like a fifteen-game tear, scoring over forty. Yeah, but it's the regular something. season and one of the worst regular seasons ever. I mean, I know that, but he's got so the Harden's legacy for his legacy to like uphold at all. He needs to win one game. Otherwise, what about Chris gonna, Paul? Does anybody have a worse playoff legacy than Chris Paul? Uh, I saw the most ridiculous comparison the other day. It was somebody said Chris Paul was the greatest point guard since Magic. And I'm like, that's the oh, dumbest oh. thing I've ever heard. Because you had John Stockton, I mean, Gary Payton. Um, Gary Payton and John Stockton are better than Chris Paul. Oh, for sure. And then... I mean, Matthew Delvedova's got more titles. <laughs> Wham! With the right hand. Yeah, and been in more finals. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, LeBron's a better point guard than Chris Paul. <laughs> if you want to strictly speak. I mean, Jason Kidd to me is a better point guard than Chris Paul. He's got a uh, title and he may he yeah. took a team to a finals. Yeah, he did. I always forget about those Nets teams. Jason yeah. Kidd is underrated. He was a really good player. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if the Jason Kidd when he came in the league, if he could come in now with the way he couldn't really shoot, but he actually made himself a decent shooter at the end of his career. Yeah, he isn't he in the top ten list for threes? I think I don't know. I don't. I think, think he's, he's surprisingly. Yeah, he he's surprisingly high. I think. I, I guess the most disappointing thing about oh no no <sighs> it is Chris Paul is the greatest point guard since Magic between Magic and Curry. That's what it was. Which I think he's is ridiculous. I think Curry is in the discussion for top three point guards of all time, but. If as much as much as I don't like him, yeah, he does it his way, and he's yeah. very efficient. Yeah, and he's also done it at a high level for like six years now. So, I I guess the cool thing about Curry is his like passing game doesn't stem from being able to drive the ball. Like it, it's based more from being able to hit threes, which I think was kind of a, a first for a point guard. Well, Mark, I guess Price, maybe Mark Reggie Price Miller was Steph Curry before Steph Curry. Like, if Mark Price played today, he would be one of the best point guards in the league. He would be right there with Steph Curry. It's just, he yeah, got that's the well before me. beat out of him in the late 80s, early 90s. Didn't it was, he the first guy to ever split pick and roll? Wait, I probably wasn't the first, but he was the first to do it on the regular in the NBA. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, I think that, but I definitely put Stockton and... Probably Kid and definitely Gary Payton over uh, over Chris Paul as a point guard, just because those guys all did it in the playoffs. And did Chris, Chris Paul still never been to the? Has he been to a Western Conference Finals? 
Yes. I believe he's been to a Western Conference Finals. Yeah, because they played last year in the Western Conference Finals. Golden State. Oh, yeah, they did. Yeah. Duh. Yeah, well, and that was the funniest thing. Like, Houston lost that series because they had a game where they missed 27 straight threes, and they're complaining about officiating. <laughs> well, so here's the thing. The, with the three-pointers, whenever teams say that, it's like, yeah, you lost a series, but you also won a series because you probably hit 25 threes at a time. Well, I know, but, yeah, missing 27 straight threes is pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah. So do you think Houston's going to blow it up then if they get swept? No, because Chris Paul's contract is kind of untradeable. Oh, he's got two more years, right? Yeah, and Chris- nobody's going to want to take that contract on, and James Harden is in the same boat, and I'm not sure anybody wants Clint Capella. So. Who do the Lakers have that they can get Chris Paul for? <laughs> that would be I mean, the best. Is that that unlikely? See- <laughs> I don't think it's likely because I don't think, well, I don't know. What about, um, what about, oh, what's his, the sleepy looking kid? Brandon Ingram? Brandon Ingram might be able to get it done. Oh, yeah, that'd be interesting. That, that's some dirty basketball. <laughs> but I could see that happen. That's the most LeBron move. It is a very LeBron move. And yeah, maybe like a Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball for, uh, Chris Paul and, like a PJ Tucker or something like I get totally. Ooh, mm-hmm. I kind of like that. I think PJ Tucker is their second, like probably their, no, Eric he Gordon might is their be second the best player, third best, possibly their second best player. But Eric Gordon is, has been very, very good for them. Eric Gordon's better than Chris Paul, probably as, as far as what he does for the team. Yeah. I mean, Chris Paul is a really good passer. Eric Gordon's probably a more versatile defender at this point. <laughs> So I don't know. And he's younger. I mean, I don't know. That that team definitely has its issues. I think they're going to get swept, but you think you're predicting 5-1? Yeah. So what about one game Philly out. and the Raptors? Ugh. So like I was saying <laughs> early, Kyle Lowry just can't can't rise to the occasion and they should be they should be owning the East. Like the East is theirs for the taking and Philly's going to somehow they're somehow going to take it with their weird, bizarre offense. Features basically like two good three-point shooters that aren't even that great, and somehow it still works out for them. Yeah. It, it, it blows my mind. Like, if you're using Joel Embiid to space the floor, why why cover him out there? Play 25 feet off of him. Yeah, well, Let yeah, him, and that's uh, what they were doing tonight, and he was burning them a little bit. But, yeah, I would say make him hit 30 a game. Make him take yeah, 20 like of just, those shots a game and live with it. No paint no paint points. Make sure <laughs> Gasol's always on him. Yeah, the problem is, is if Gasol's up on him, he can just blow by him. I mean, yeah, Gasol's but, not a guy that – and you can't double-team and beat out a, on the wing. To no, but you just it let it – you just let him be get the, like play off of him so much that they're just gonna post him. Let him be get the post entry pass and see what happens with Casal on him. You know? Oh yeah. Well, that's kind of what they've been doing. So and it burned him. Yeah, but I mean, I'm talking total sellout. Like, <laughs> ignore him. Get in his head, maybe. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't know. Um. So who do you think wins that series? Uh, I I think Philly in seven. Unfortunately, um, I don't think in seven they can win it. I think it's still going to be Toronto in seven. I think Toronto's going to win the next game, and 
Yeah, I also feel like it's kind of a bad coaching matchup. Like, I have not been impressed with Nick Nurse in the playoffs. Like, I mean, he's how does Pascal Kisiakam not get more shots? No, he had 26 the other night, I think. Yeah, but I feel like they go long stretches without him touching the ball. And Kyle yeah, but, Lowry takes too many shots. And I feel like they need to run more offense through Gasol at the elbows, but they don't do it. I agree with that. The, Gasol is probably the Philly second decides, best passer on that team. Yeah, when Philly decides to trap Gasol, it, it never ends well. And they did it kind of often when they posted him up. Yeah. Yeah, they should be doing things different the way they run their offense. But, the again, the problem is, is they just... Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I still think Toronto in seven, but neither of these teams I mean, have looked all that impressed, although Embiid has looked very impressed. I mean, I guess Philly could get to the finals, but God, I hate that team. Yeah, I, I don't think they're good. It's too much. They have the collection of guys just that aren't enough to push you over the edge. I, and yeah, somehow the problem they- is I think Embiid might be good enough to do that. Especially as he's been getting healthier and healthier. What about Portland Denver? Uh, I think this is that's the most exciting series <laughs> that nobody <clears throat> watches of all on at zero dark thirty. So I I love watching Denver, and I think Jokic is on the edge of like hitting the point where he's going to be able to control control games fully, kind of maturing. Yeah, the problem is um, he's not a great closer. Like Jamal Murray's really kind of the closer for them. I'll agree with that. I, I think he he's hit. He's trying to get to that point. Yeah, I agree. But um, especially that last performance because I think he had, or what was the maybe game one where he had thirty seven and the three threes and like six assists or something crazy. Yeah. Um, but I think either the either of those teams, I think it, it's whichever be, one. Makes, I'm picking Portland in six because I don't think Portland can lose it. I, I, I have lose that, it at home. I think probably Denver in seven. Denver in seven. I'm going Portland. We'll see. We'll see how it, that turns out. And I, um, I think whichever team comes out of that probably just gets decimated by Golden State in the next. Although, which team you think uh, matches up better with Golden State? See, I I like to think it's. I think it might be Denver just because of Jokic, but also they could slide Duran onto onto Jokic. But I still think he could score. But then again, with Portland. Who's covering, like, would you slide Duran onto Lillard and then Clay Thompson onto C.J. McCollum? And then you try to hide Curry on, like, Aminu or um, Harkless, maybe? Well, you could certainly hide him on Harkless, but Aminu usually does just enough. And the other thing is you can run pick and pop with Aminu and get a switch (coughs) off those guys. You know what I mean? So it's not like, that's the one that's the nice thing about all of... uh, Portland's non-guards is they can all screen and you can get a switch, which they do. Um, so I don't know. I mean, and Cantor is probably a better offensive option than anybody Golden State has. They actually have to account for him, which who'd have thunk that Ennis Cantor would be like Portland's third most important player. That is very, that's pretty funny. Yeah. He was, wasn't he drafted right behind uh, Thomas Robinson? Are they the same draft? Yeah, that's the Kyrie draft. Yeah, because it was Kyrie. Was Thomas Robinson number two that year? I think he was six. Who was number two? Now I'm gonna have to go look that up because I thought Ennis Cantor was three, 
2011 NBA draft. Oh, Derek Williams. Kyrie, Derek oh. Williams, Ennis Cantor, Tristan Thompson, Jonas Valanciunas, Jan Vesley, Bismack Biombo, Brandon Knight, and then Kemba Walker, Jimmer Fredette, Clay Thompson, Alec Burks, Mark, the Morris brothers, back to back, and then Kawhi and Nick Vucevic. <laughs> I that can't believe Kawhi at 15. Oh, yeah, it was. No, and then, like, look at some of the other guys in this draft. You had Shumpert, 17, which he's been in the NBA eight years, so it's not, yeah. you know. Then Tobias Harris, 19, uh, Monte Yunus, 20, and he's only out of the league because of injury. Then Fareed, 22, Nikola Miritich, 23, uh, Reggie Jackson, 24, um, Corey Joseph of the... Pacers, 29. Jimmy Butler, 30. Uh, Bojan Bogdanovic, 31. Man, that draft was stacked. Yeah. <clears throat> and Kyle Singler's in that draft. Uh, Shelvin Max still in the association. Chandler Parsons. Uh, John Luer. Man, that draft was stacked. DeAndre Liggins. <laughs> Etwan Moore. Wow. I mean, all those, all those, all those most guys, of those guys are still careers. playing. Yeah. I mean, Etwan Moore is still under contract for New Orleans, and he was a 55th pick. That is a loaded draft. That's crazy. And the funny thing is, is like there's five guys out of the top ten that aren't even in the league: uh, Jimmer, Derek Williams, Valanciunas, and oh, Valanciunas in the league. Uh, Jan Vesely. So I guess that's four guys out of the top ten. But and Brandon Knight, who really isn't in the league, but <laughs> the Cavs play him like he is. <laughs> Yeah, that's a stacked oh. draft for sure. So, so I guess then, what's our, uh, the last series is Milwaukee Bucks for us, right? Yeah, no, we picked that one. You picked Bucks in oh, wow. seven, seven, yeah, and I, I picked Bucks in seven as well. So uh, who wins out of the Bucks and uh, Philly, or who uh, do you think's going? I think Philly, or I mean, I think the Bucks. Yeah, I think the Bucks have enough. I think they're smart enough, and I think having the experience of having won the previous two playoff series will help them out. Um, do you, you think Toronto could beat the Bucks? though? I do feel like Toronto could beat the Bucks just because they're deeper. And yeah, I feel Bucks that biggest way too. Strength, I think it depends on if Brogdon comes <clears throat> back healthy. If Brogdon is healthy for that series, then I think it's Milwaukee. If not, then I think Toronto. Yeah. And then, so Golden State, um, you've got Denver. You think it's Golden State? Yeah, I think, yeah. Yeah, I think Golden, it's Golden State. No I think Golden what. State's going to lose at most three games, and they've already lost one. I think they lose only a couple more games in the Eastern run-up, and then maybe win in five in the finals. Yeah, I think, well, I think no, Milwaukee I... could be a problem for them. <clears throat> I don't think Milwaukee will be a problem. I think Milwaukee this year, if they make the finals, it's like that year the Cavs made it in 2007. Yeah. Where it was Although, just kind of like a freak thing. I think thing. Holzer is a much better coach than Mike Brown was that year. So. Yeah. I mean, Mike Brown wasn't a bad – he was a good defensive coach back then. Yeah, but he – you can't just be a good defensive coach in the playoffs. Yeah. You've got to be able to get buckets with a out-of-bounds play or, you know – Figuring out a mismatch or something like that. That's true. Anyway, anything you want I to think pitch? To, oh, I was going to say, I think Toronto could beat the Warriors. That's the only one. Yeah, and I think Kawhi's got to get hot. But Kawhi's been a little inconsistent this playoffs. I mean, 
But I also don't. I feel like of all the guys, he might have the least help because Siakam's still so young, and Lowry's yeah. just not there at all. And That's Ibaka true. is so inconsistent offensively. He, I wouldn't. He's just a wild card. I don't think they consider his like contribution at yeah. all. Yeah, it's I, it's sad too because Gasol could Gasol could be giving so much more well, if they let him. Green and Gasol. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they need to run <laughs> offense for Gasol at the elbows. I don't know. We'll see. What about uh, so anything to pitch? Any? Uh, did you see Endgame yet? No, I don't. I'm not really into comic book movies. Oh man, what's honestly. Wrong with you? Are yeah, you I don't know. Game I'm, of Thrones at all? Yeah, I am. So Wait, did you watch, do you watch it? Yeah, I watched the last episode. Yeah. Okay. So, so spoilers. Ex- if you don't want Game of Thrones spoilers, tune out now. <laughs> Go ahead. All right. So, so I have to explain how I watched the show. So I didn't really see the first three seasons, and then okay. I got into it passively when I was living with my brother okay. because him and his wife would watch it. But I didn't pay super close attention. So I just kind of know everything from it being like retold to me and then reading about it a little bit. <clears throat> so I have a happy, like remove, remove kind <laughs> of view or- from this. You have the oral history of, uh, of game of Thrones. Yeah. Yeah. So this is my take. The Arya thing was the most predictable thing of anything. Like, come on. She was the, like the faceless lady or went to the faceless school where like you can't see her and she kills people. That kind of made her the logical choice. Well, yeah, to be the one, to be the one that takes the Night King out, and people were like, "Oh, that was so unexpected!" Like, no, it, it really wasn't. Um, <laughs> it was then, the Scooby Doo ending. the The person you expect least is naturally the one you're gonna pick. Yeah. Okay, and then here's the other thing: everyone be like, "Oh, he's gonna," or when people are like, "It was crazy that he raised people from the crypts and they kicked out." Like, come on. Like, of course that was going to happen. That was the most <laughs> logical, cheapest thing. Like, the number of times that they said the word, like, we're going down to the crypt. Like, <laughs> seriously. Like, it they was did so set much. that up a little bit. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Like, and then this is the other annoying thing. They should have killed off, like, way more main characters. How does it happen? said that, yeah. Yeah, like, how does it so happen that everyone that's ever spoke, like, over four lines in the show just – Boom! Magically doesn't die, but everyone that's like just some random yeah, nobody like that hasn't—they were like the only eight people left. Yeah, like it's just not logical. It makes me well, mad. I also Walking Dead also you know zombie is a tired trope too. But go ahead. Yeah. All right. This is this is my other take. So you have Bran have this like crazy stare down. Bran with the, the Night Beetle? King. What the fifth Beetle? The Beatle? Yeah, the, he looks like a member of the Beatles. He does. His hair was really <laughs> awful. But so is Jamie's hair. Jamie kind of looks like a little goofy, too. <laughs> but, all right. So here's my thing with Bran. Like, come on, dude. Like, you're telling me he's, like, all this all-important, like, like kid because he's the future of the president and the past? Like, well, first off, why don't we know more about the Night King? Like, yeah, at least give us a... a a little bit of that with his well, they had his they brain. gave it like two seasons ago, but it yeah they needed more. <laughs> yeah, like with his brainstorming or whatever that weird thing is, and also how is that one dude like that got tortured a bunch? I forget his name, Thanos or not Thanos, Dio maybe Theon. Theon, like why is he the only one that lives out of that whole group of people? Like, come on, 
like that was that was shooting of the arrows thing. and all that. Oh, I don't, I don't. Yeah, care. like he, I, I, because he, he's the only he, main character. Come on, it's a work of fiction. Yeah, but is he known as like some wicked bow slinger or something? <laughs> I don't, I don't think so. No. Yeah, so it, that's not very believable. Like maybe <laughs> if it was Arya there, if you're gonna go with the obvious ending of Arya, like killing the Night King. Why not put her there? Because she's good with the bow and arrow. So my big beef with it was, you know, they had a good review of it on Slate. And it basically was the article. The um, episode was really good in the context of itself, but it didn't make sense in the larger arc. Like literally from the very first scene of Game of Thrones, you had the White Walker and we never kind of really I, I felt like it was resolved way too easily, and we never, like you said, got the backstory. But the other thing was, it was really the smirk when she tried to burn him with a dragon fire was really annoying. Like I was like, okay, that's just dumb. Like he's always kind of been this emotionless force, and then you're just giving us this snarky little smirk. I didn't like that. Um, also, they just so dumb riding around on their dragons into doing stupid things on their dragons. It just drives me nuts. And I don't know. <laughs> Other than that, I thought it was really good. I thought Arya was great. Um, they really... Her action scenes were good, and I liked the way it ended. I didn't think it was that big of a deal that it ended that way, because you had to do something. I just wanted a little more, like, backstory. Like, I would have liked to have seen, you know, more about why the Night King became the Night King, or even if they just ran the same scenes they'd run before. It was so long ago. I didn't even remember it. And then, yeah, it was it was hard to follow. Oh, and then at the end, when that Red Witch went out and died, it was just like uh, Thor, when uh, Odin's like, oh, I guess I'll just die now. <laughs> like, I'm just going to go die for no reason. I, did. <laughs> I guess my work here is done. I, I don't know. I feel like that is a really tired uh trope anymore in in movies like they want to kill somebody off and it's kind of old but they don't have any real good way to kill them off so they just oh i'm gonna die (laughs) it's like oh okay i guess if that's yeah i don't know but other than that i thought it was really good i thought it was really well shot um and and the one thing i'll say i mean they there's never been an episode like that in the history of television i mean it was like a movie you know in an hour and a half. I mean, it was amazing. I I appreciate the technical accomplishment of it and that kind of thing. I thought it was really well done. So I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I mean, I enjoyed it. I just had some issues. Oh, I had some issues too, but I think the, yeah. the good far outweighs the bad. And uh, I guess we won't be talking Endgame. I guess I'll have to wait until EG is back to talk Endgame. But uh, yeah. I don't. What about um? You don't watch wrestling, do you? No, I don't watch wrestling. Not since I was right. a kid. I know you're a big wrestling guy. Who? who uh, you I'm getting back into it. Yeah. Who's who, your big oh, pitch? All right. So the best. So I gotta pitch the Miz and Shane McMahon's feud because, <laughs> well, first off, the Miz is from Cleveland, and then Shane McMahon is like the best villain ever. Like his whole shtick is he's the greatest in the world, and he just makes them like keep announcing it, and, and then he just McMahon's cheap shot. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But he's actually he's a really good wrestler. He's like a top five talent now, like doing crazy stunts and stuff. But like he has the most unorthodox style and he's just so over the top corny. It's great. Great theater. Um 
and also he's bringing the Miz's dad in it, who's from Parma, which is great too. <laughs> like, uh, he beat the Miz's dad up, that, and he keeps showing the image. Like, whenever the Miz is doing anything, he'll like come out and interrupt him and put the image on the screen and be like, "Oh, well, you look at that. That's from when I hit your dad." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think now I know I don't watch wrestling anymore. <laughs> yeah. I was also thinking. But about you know what that. I love? You, I see. I don't like a. You ever watched uh, Japanese pro wrestling? Uh, a little bit. I'm, I'm not. Super and into I love. It. I love uh, amateur wrestling is the best. Like. Uh, there's uh pro. Have you ever seen pro wrestling Ohio? Like, no, but I go, on I've gone to a Ohio at like two in the morning, and it's oh, always nice. in like um you know the outer Mansfield uh, Shriners Hall or something like that. Oh yeah, so I've gone to a couple of the AIW ones, and okay. last year they did they did a backyard wrestling at one of the bars I go to. Oh Jesus! Like regularly. And it was crazy. Like, Sabu was there. He jumped off a U-Haul and hit somebody. <laughs> oh and, like, the way it was set up, I was, like, two feet from him. Like, there was a barricade, and then he was, like, right there after he jumped from the U-Haul. And, like, I legitimately thought for a second he died. <laughs> but, yeah. It, so, I think that's our big wrestling. pitch for this episode is pro wrestling, independent wrestling in Ohio. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> oh, um, my gosh. There was one other hot take I had, but I can't remember it. Oh, oh, so I was thinking, like, I've been watching, like, watching, like, I'll watch the Raw every week, like, the condensed version, because it's only an hour and a half, but I'm like, how ridiculous was I as a child that, like, I thought these were real, like, legit people, like, coming onto TV, and that was how they aired their grievances, was, like, wrestling, and also, who's, like, walking around in a Speedo, like, looking to wrestle with someone? <laughs> <laughs> you know? He's just, you thought this was just the way people behaved, huh? Yeah, I mean, in some ways, as a child, you do think that. You're like, oh, my God. Well, and then you, like, have those fights, like, with your friends, and you... <laughs> you, I'm gonna whip you into the top. No, you're not letting me whip you into the uh, rope correctly. You're, you're not supposed to do it that way. <laughs> Yeah, or when you actually do do the move and like someone gets hurt and then everybody scurries in thirty directions. <laughs> uh, that also happens. <laughs> you just got one kid sitting out there on the lawn twitching. <laughs> oh what? man, yeah, we did about- a lot of wrestling when I was a kid, and yeah, and no one ever got hurt. <laughs> oh. We used to do it in the pool a lot because, like, you could do a suplex in the pool without yeah, killing that's somebody. True. No one, <laughs> no one's getting killed. Oh, uh, that's funny. Well, um, any parting shots? I, I don't have anything. Blue Jackets lost tonight, so it's two-two against uh, against Boston. So we'll see how that series turns out. Exciting for uh, Ohio hockey, but um, other than that, as always, go Cavs. Go Cavs. Thank you for listening to Cavs the Blogs Podcast. Check back soon for some more fun with your favorite blogger. There's a fire. Lost your Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards.
Sports. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.